Hi, I'm Ellen Broughton, and I am back from the Czech Republic to beautiful Boston. I am disoriented, distracted, disorganized. Could I have ADHD? You're probably feeling forgetful, disorganized, and somewhat discombobulated at times. Could you have ADHD? Could your child? Listen to what we have to say about this today on our podcast. Welcome back to Shrinking It Down, Mental Health Made Simple. I'm Gene Bereson. And I'm Ellen Broughton. So before we, uh, today we're going to talk about something that I think most people may think they have, and that's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, because we're all distracted. And I remember when Ned Hallowell's book came out, Driven to Distraction. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yes. And everybody that I know had ADHD. Well, because we're all driven to distraction. We, we <laughs> By literally so many are. Things. Yes. But before we start we, uh, and talk about what ADHD actually is and what it isn't and um, what we can do about it, let's, let's start the way we typically start. So what, what happened to you this week? Well, well, what did you experience this week? What did I experience this week? <laughs> I, I moved back from Europe. And uh, where I was actually talking to and teaching medical students and psychology students a lot about ADHD. I did a whole course on ADHD while I was over there. And they were hungry to learn more about it because, again, everybody thinks they have it. But I came back. I'm jet lagged now. And I think I hit a wall where I'm on U.S. time in at night, so I'm staying up late like I usually do, but I'm on <laughs> Europe time in the morning, so I'm up at So you have five four. hours, five hours ahead? Is that six hours six ahead? Six hours ahead. Wow. So yeah, when it's midnight here, it's six AM there. So So tell me, yeah. I, I, I teach I don't teach psychology uh, students as much, but is there a difference between the uh, Czech students and the American students in your experience? Yes, there are. They do not use their phones ever. They do really? not. Yes, they really don't. Oh it's a much more polite society. And even I noticed that even I did a lot of sort of guest lecturing to groups of pediatricians about general topics like you know, like ADHD yeah. or uh, just general things. And they sat there in rapt attention. Wow. It's very different. And even I just noticed there's just not as much of an addiction to the, the phones there as there is as we have here. Do they spend, uh, outside of class, have, did you notice do they spend more time like not, uh, you know, focusing on their smartphones and tablets as, as you see around here? I think, yes, because on the train, it would be the rare person who had a smartphone out or a tablet wow. out. They they read a lot. A lot of people had actual paper books. It was very different, and it's here amazing. it's 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 quite different. It was it's a it's a different sort of lifestyle. Wow. So uh, for me, um, I think the biggest issue this, I mean, this week I I, I had to write uh, a soundtrack for uh, one of our films that's coming out. We're doing a series on self care. Uh, for middle school, high school, and college. And this weekend, I had to really totally redo the one on high school. And writing music, as my daughter said to me, because I was like complaining about it because I had to redo all this stuff and I was under a time pressure. And my daughter said to me, uh, Glenn said, um, you know, 
soundtracks are supposed to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's painful. It was painful. Actually, the it came out very well, but but it was it is painful. You know, writing, creating stuff that's yeah, yes. is painful. It's emotional. It is and emotional. Emotions are often pushing us in an area of growth, which it, is always yeah, a little painful. Yeah. I can vouch, though, having heard a snippet of that, it feels very much like something that would accompany something from self-care. It was very calming and beautifully written. It was supposed to be calming at, at the end. I mean, it wasn't so calming <laughs> at the beginning. But anyway, let's talk about something that's not calming. Let's talk about ADHD. So um, you're a neuropsychologist. How do you define attention deficit hyperactivity disorder? Well, I think the best way I like to organize it is by looking at the three core symptoms, which is impulsivity, <laughs> hyperactivity, and inattention. And so what we're looking for in somebody who has ADHD are some combination of those symptoms. Sometimes it's only inattention. Sometimes it's impulsivity, hyperactivity. Um, but I think those are what we're looking for. And like with in the case of any disorder, we're not just looking for do we have it. We're all inattentive. Yeah. We all sometimes act impulsive at times. We all get agitated and, and we're hyperactive. What we're looking for is does this interfere with someone's functioning in their daily life, in their school, their emotional life, their relationships. And that's where I think people get confused about does everyone have it. So when parents, so parents looking for inattention, they should look at their kids not getting things done in a timely fashion, uh, forgetting things, misplacing things, um, uh, uh, easily, uh, easily, they can't, they start one task and then they jump to another task because they can't continue right. to maintain their focus. It, things exactly. Like that. Or you tell them to do three things and they remember one and not the other two and they think they're done because they, that's all that they remembered or paid attention to. So yes, those are the Although some, of some of, some kids, now, this is an interesting neuropsychological thing. There is an ability for some of these kids who are inattentive to hyper-focus. Yes, there is. So if they're really, really, really interested in something, like video games especially, which just drive me crazy because I just can't focus on anything. I don't yes. play them. Yes. But, I, but, but they can hyper-focus. So what so, is that about? So it really, I think sometimes we have the, the wrong idea about this. It, we, we've misnamed this as just inattention. When it's just poorly maintained or the ability to, to be flexible in one's attention. Attention, it doesn't mean that you are riveted on something all the time. Attention is something that's flexible. And um, good attention skills mean that I focus on this and I know not to focus on that. And I can, when it's time to switch, I can do it. So that's really more of what the case is in an attention deficit is a problems with, with maintaining and flexibly and correctly using attention. So that gets us into another aspect of ADHD, which is not actually in the diagnostic criteria, but is virtually present in all of these kids. And that is what we call executive functioning, exactly, which includes yes. that issue of being able to kind of do one thing and then do another thing and do another thing and be flexible and, yes. and fluidly. Is, that, is yes. that how you would Ex define that? Yes. It, it, those are all things that I would say are at the top of the list of executive function skills. And that it, it's one of those general terms that means a lot of things. And it's like, I, I like to think of it as, as like the good executive secretary or the executive plan or somebody who is like, I know exactly what's going on in every area of a particular office and, and I, I know when to how to prioritize something and when to let something go and 
what I need to remember to be competent at my job. So that sort of executive functions are one of those global things that includes memory, attention, being able to plan ahead, being able to what we call shift set or go from one thing to the next. Time management. Time management, yes. And even um, something that I've been interested in for a long time is processing speed, our ability to process yeah. information quickly and effectively and efficiently. So it's really about, if I had to use one word, it's about efficiency. And that means a lot of different things to each of us depending on the task. You know, when, I, when I work with kids who have ADHD and I try to convince them that they need some help with tutoring and learning how to, how to, make, how to develop routines and how, you know, uh, something that was going to take effort. And most of the time they're kind of like rolling their eyes. And then I said, look, here's the, here's the key to this. And that is, is that if you can do stuff more efficiently that you have to do, just think how much more time you'll have to do to have fun. Yes, yes, that's a good way to sell <laughs> and us- it. And usually yes. that makes a difference. Yes. And what about the hyperactive kids and the impulsive ones? How how do they well, appear? I think that's when people think about ADHD, that's typically what they yeah. think about. The, the little boy running around the classroom, um, you know, pulling the lights down from the ceiling. And so people <laughs> tend to understand that a little bit better because right. they can see it. Yeah. Attention and inattention are harder things to grasp. Right. And uh, so I think that that's... You know, that's sort of the, the typical... Yeah, they're also the ones that get more attention because they interrupt, yes. they jump, they cut lines, they, they, they blurt things out, they kind of can't control, and that and they really, really, uh, you know, get other kids very angry. Exactly. That's why they come to what we call clinical attention earlier, is because they are causing problems for other people. Sometimes it's their teacher, sometimes it's other kids in the classroom. So they generally get diagnosed earlier than kids with just the pure inattentive type. And I think I, we should say that there are three different kinds of ADHD, three different subtypes. One is the primarily hyperactive impulsive type. The other is the predominantly inattentive subtype, which is the mm-hmm. least common of the three. And the most common is the combined subtype, where you have a little bit of all of the above, inattention, impulsivity, yes, no, One and thing that, that I think would help parents and kids um, uh, and to hear from you about this is that a lot of times since they need extra help, they need remediation, they need learning new skills, they need to go to a tutor um, or maybe the resource room, is is that they're not lacking intelligence, that there's a difference between intelligence and talents of various kinds and, and, and attention, right? That's exactly right. These are two different things. When we're talking again about executive function skills, executive function skills are those skills that allow us to use our intellect, but the intellect is different. The intellect is our ability to solve problems. And you know, given unlimited time or given structure, very bright people with even significant ADHD can do remarkable things. Like probably many of the sorts of things we use in our world today were developed by people who were somewhat distracted and and uh, in some ways maybe even impulsive in some of their thinking. But uh, but they're two different things. We're yeah. talking about our in- intellect, our ability to solve problems, our ability to effectively communicate, and then our ability to actually do that efficiently. Yeah. And those are, are two different things. So one thing that I've noticed in, in all of my work um, with kids and adults that have that have uh, ADHD uh, that's not part of the diagnostic criteria is um, a sense of low self-esteem is they feel like really bad because when you can't do what you're supposed to do when you continually get in trouble or when you're scolded by the teacher or you're you're scolded by your parents I mean and and and, and they're scolded because they're they're told to do something and they don't do it 
um, or they just distracted and they, they could do their math homework or their English homework, but, but they, they get caught up in something else. And then they, they go to school and they're, they're, they feel bad about themselves, especially the kids who are really bright because the, they know I what know. their capabilities are. And it's just, it, it breaks my heart because they constantly feel that they're not doing what, what everyone in the world around them believes they should be able to do and they can do. Right? Yes, yeah, so they, they know what they're capable of often because they're bright. And they're also told that all the time. You're so bright. Why can't you do that? And that can be very frustrating. And I find the same thing that kids with ADHD almost universally have some kinds of issues with self-esteem. Yeah. And for exactly the reasons why you say. They, they're just very um, frustrated all the time that they can't do what they really want to do, that they didn't do. They're disappointed in themselves. Yeah. And then they hear all day long how disappointed everybody yeah. else is with them. And one other thing that I think would help um, uh, the listeners is to kind of know that, as we say in, in pediatrics, all the wheezes is not asthma. All that's inattentive is not ADHD. Yes. So there, there are a number of other problems that kids could have um, that look like ADHD but really are different. So what are some of those things? So something that one of the psychological issues that come to mind is anxiety. Anxiety yeah. can oftentimes look like ADHD. When you're anxious, sometimes you become a little bit fidgety. You become hypersensitive, hyper-focused um, on different things. You can also be very inattentive when you're worried about what's going on outside or what's going on at home. You're not listening to what's going on, but that's not because you're inattentive. It's because your mind's consumed yeah. with other things. Yeah. And learning disabilities often coexist with ADHD, but they often aren't part of ADHD as well but they can look like ADHD. So if you're a first grader or a second grader and you've got a significant dyslexia yeah. and reading's hard for you, you're going to look like you're inattentive in the classroom because you don't understand what's going on. So it really takes sorting out what, what, the, what, what the problems are that, that, that look inattentive. Yes. Uh, and that's where your testing comes in. Exactly. That's where an evaluation can be very helpful. And not everyone needs to be evaluated with a comprehensive neuropsychological evaluation because we think they have ADHD. It's really well evaluated mm -hmm. by pediatrician, psychiatrist, uh, clinical psychologist who doesn't do testing. The majority of people with ADHD get diagnosed in that regard, in that way. But if it's complicated, if you are treated for ADHD and diagnosed and, and the treatment seems to be working for the inattention, but school isn't yeah. any better, or uh, the child's still anxious or depressed or there are other issues going on, mm -hmm. that's when testing can be very helpful. And testing can also be helpful in terms of producing uh, remediation plans or learning plans, right? I mean, exactly. that's one of the things that you do so beautifully. Yes. And I think that I see a lot of kids and, and neuropsychologists like me see a lot of kids who were very well evaluated and uh, diagnosed early on, but they hit, you know, age 13, 14, 15, or even just 11, 12, and, and their treating physician will say, you know, we need a little bit more information yeah. on what's going on. Yes, the medication's helpful in treating the inattention and things are better, but we need this child to be successful, yeah. not just okay. And another thing that I often see is, is that uh, sometimes, that structure helps, okay? Yes. So, so, so if, in high in, in in secondary school through high school, your every day every week is so structured. Uh, sometimes these really bright kids uh, make it through high school because everything is so orderly, and then they get to college with 168 yes. hours in a week and maybe 15 hours of class, and everything else is like it's, right. They, nobody tell, no one gives them. 
you know, here's what you need to do to get this midterm prepared or this paper done. And then they fall between the cracks. And then I'll see them when they're failing in college or they're, they're falling apart in college and they can't, they can't really get things done. And then... So that, that is <laughs> so comes, true. It comes, it's, it's, it's one of the things that you're talking about is that it's very hard for them to generalize skills. It's hard for all of us to generalize skills. But the other thing, too, that I actually haven't even told you, I had a, a paper, I wrote a paper with when I was in Prague with some of the, um, the researchers who were over there on time perception and ADHD. We did a review of the literature on that, and there are a couple of people over there who are very interested in this topic. And I'm interested in just time because I'm interested in processing speed. But what we found in looking at some of these uh, papers is that people with ADHD have trouble with time perception, Wow. meaning that they have trouble understanding what 15 minutes feels like or what a week feels like. You're talking about all the hours in a week <laughs> and only 15 hours are in are you know spent in classroom. It's very hard for them to understand the concept of time. So one of the things that I've really been telling people to do, parents to do, is to instill a concept of time as much as they can. Have their child wear an analog clock, hmm. a watch, uh, learn to tell time on an analog clock so you can kind of see how time is passing. Because we a lot of what we do to treat kids with ADHD is to teach them time management skills. But if you don't really understand what time is, yeah. you can't manage it. So, And that's where and smartphones so, might come in because I, yes, I, I, a lot yes. of the kids that I see, I tell them to set their alarms yes. with their, and, or, yes, and use calendars yes. so that they can actually be prompted what and, comes next. And even simple things like, for example, timing how long it takes you to get to school in the morning. How What is that? So it takes you 20 minutes to get to school in the morning. What does that feel like? Because a lot of times kids with ADHD will say, oh, I've got that. I've got plenty of time to finish that homework. And they really don't. Or they do, but they don't they don't take advantage of it's all that really time because they don't know what that means. And I think it's a it's an interesting and kind of new avenue to to think about this. And as an aside, the the research done on time perception started looking at prisoners of war who had no ability to tell time. Wow. They were in a you know a some kind of dungeon or whatever, yeah. a horrible space, and they had no ability to know when day or night went. And Jeez. so a lot of the first uh, studies done on by Phil Zimbardo, who's at Stanford, were done on prisoners of war to see if that changed their perception of time. Wow. So we're applying this now to ADHD, which is very interesting. It is interesting. Um, and so, but, you know, it, it's, it's something to think about. It's something very simple that we don't think about doing. We assume that they understand something that we're already trying to teach them. So let's briefly just mention issues about treatment. And, yes. and there's a lot of stuff on the Clay Center about this, but the major treatments, uh, how, what, 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 what would you say? So the, the research shows we basically have, we, we have executive function coaching, uh, teaching okay. kids how to be better organized, how to accommodate their, we their weaknesses, cognitive behavioral therapy that will help them think through some of these issues, but also medication. And medication really is our best tool in the toolbox. Uh, but a lot of uh, studies show that medication along with something else works well. And that this is your area of expertise. Right. And um, But I think that parents it, are oftentimes very reluctant. But as I say, medication is not, it, it doesn't doesn't teach you anything. Medication no. just helps you focus so that you can learn the behavioral skills. Yes. You can learn the routines. You can learn the time management. You know, you're not kind of trying to run with weights on your legs. It kind right. of gives you, it gives you, um, it, it gives you a leg up. It, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it helps, it, it, it helps, but it, but in itself, you know, a stimulant is not going to, to, yes. to kind of make a 
a difference in, in the learning of the skills. That's right. And I think that's such an important point because we put a lot of faith in that in that pill that it's going to change a child's life. And and it it's one thing that is sometimes essential in making progress, but it's not you know, it's not the be all end all in making progress. And you're right, it's not going to it's not gonna teach you how to do things more efficiently. So um, there's a lot more that we have on the Clay Center website, and um, uh, if you want to take a take a look and take a listen, uh, there's a lot more about ADHD and its treatment. Um, but before we end, what we usually talk about is what in the news really struck you this week. Well, we were talking before we I know. got on air about the the fire at the Notre Dame yeah. Cathedral, and for some reason, it really affected me. It just seemed very sad, um, and yeah, it was. So it's one of those iconic things in the world that we, most of us, aspired to see, and many of us were lucky enough to see. And it just, it, there's something that I don't know why. It, it well, just, it's kind of like a part of civilization that just kind of crumbled. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, it, I felt like a part of of being human. Yeah, and, and I'm not Catholic. I mean, I, I, yes, I, I'm I, not either. I, so it's, I, I, I went yeah. to Notre Dame many years yeah. ago, but I, I, it's, it really felt. I felt sad. I, I actually was watching the TV when the spire went down, and it was, it was, it was awful. And I think there's also this sense sometimes when things like that happen, like it's something you couldn't ever imagine happening. And I think that's just you. you there are certain things that happen that you think I just never thought that would happen in my lifetime. And that's one of those things. Yeah, I know. It, it, was, it was amazing. Um, well, um, for me, I, I just can't, I can't, we talked about this in the last podcast, getting away from the news and putting the smartphone down. I just can't get away from it. I, I, I try really hard. I mean, this is one of my challenges, but to kind of pry myself away from the news and from all of the incredible things that are happening in this country, which I never would have thought, um, even with all the wonderful things that we have in this country, we're still vulnerable to, um, you know, emotional, uh, driven, uh, behavior that's not really rational. That in Notre Dame made me very sad this week because I, 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 I came to that realization. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. It's another one of the things that we just didn't think would happen in our lifetime. It just could never, there's certain things like that just won't ever happen. And that's another one of those things. And I think there are a lot of people who feel sad. It's it's funny be, having been out of the country for six months and coming back. There does I don't know if it's projection on my part, but there does seem to be just an, an underlying sense of sadness um, yeah. that uh, some that there's some sort of loss of control here that we're not none of us are sort of in control of the narrative. Yeah. Well, my hope is is that young people and people. You know, uh, you know who will will come next, will kind of um, understand this and and realize that that some big changes need to be made in, yeah. the, in the way we in the way we operate. Yeah, I mean, maybe you know when paradigm shifts happen and big shifts happen, it's it's usually because something unexpected happened. Right. And right. so I think that that might bode well for the future. I hope. Hopefully, well. Uh, thank you all for listening, and um, uh, if you have any questions, comments, uh, please, please uh, uh, get in touch with us. 
And for those of you that are looking for new resources or other resources about ADHD, take a look at the media list that's uh, attached to this episode. I'm Gene Bresson. And I'm Ellen Broughton. See you next time. Thank you.